Well, greetings, listeners in listener land. Welcome to St. Louis in Tune with Arnold Stricker and Mark Langston, where we size up current and historic events involving people, places, and things in areas such as the arts, crime, education, employment, faith, finance, food, government, health, history, housing, humor, justice, and sports. We originate from and connect the Gateway City to what's going on locally, regionally, nationally, and internationally. We have a fun guest. I've known her for quite some time. And this month is a very important month. And this shouldn't just be something that is done on a monthly basis. This is something that should be happening all year long. And what I'm talking about is a situation in which people are not nice to each other. And that's putting it delicately and nicely. There's We've talked in a previous show about how children are bullied, and how trauma can impact them. And this month is also October, if you're listening to this in March. We're doing this in October. October is National Bullying Month, but it's also an issue as it relates to domestic abuse. And it's National Domestic Abuse Month. And there is a wonderful individual who, matter of fact, I'm just going to read a little bio for her. Since 2009, she has independently owned and operated her own food and wine event and consultation businesses, executed 200 events, taught over 250 wine classes, parents tasting, consulted for close to 100 restaurants, provided sommelier services to dozens of establishments, written at least 300 food and drink articles for local and national publications, made over 100 appearances on TV and radio, now 101. have been featured numerous times in dozens of magazines, print media, run social media content for countless restaurants, food beverage brands, local foods, and drink festivals. She's STL wine girl Angela Ortman and founder of Love to Eat, Eat to Love. Angela, how are you doing? I'm well, thank you. Good to see you again. Good to see you. And Love to Eat, Eat to Love, you've been doing this for a few years now, and tell us a little bit about what that is, and we'll go through each one of those Love to Eat, Eat to Love fests that you've had. Okay, so it started in 2017, I think it was February of that year. I've done so many like events and large-scale, small classes, everything, but... I had been involved in a lot of charitable projects that I had been invited to or asked to host or plan. But that month of that year, an issue hit with it happened to be the travel ban going on. And I started hearing from a lot of our local immigrant owned restaurants that they were seeing a lot of backlash, like being treated poorly, even not even just within their own establishments, but when they were out and about. And these are people who've owned these restaurants here in St. Louis for multiple years, decades even. And it really got to me that, you know, a huge part of the St. Louis food community is our immigrant owned restaurants. I mean, we value that connection. Yeah. And and, and the diversity of our food scene and things like that. So I had me, me always putting my mouth before my brain, I put out on Facebook a a post. And what I was actually insinuating was that like different chefs and such should team up with immigrant owned restaurants, like some that aren't seeing the backlash to try to like collaborate and really bring some positivity to the situation. 
And 200 comments later on that same evening, everybody's <laughs> commenting like, oh, I'm so excited for this. Like, when are you planning it? And I was like, that is so not what I had, intended. <laughs> had said. I was telling you guys to go do it. And so the, by the next morning, I was sitting at the bar at Miley Restaurant, right at open. And I get a phone call from George Mayhe from St. Louis Magazine. He's not even on Facebook. And he was like, I heard about the <laughs> Facebook posts. And I was like, yeah, I don't know what... It, and he's like, yeah, you have to do that. And maybe you want to spend your day figuring it out because you're going to go on radio with me this afternoon and announce it. So I hung up the phone. I look up at Quitran and I was like, hi, can I throw an event here? And he's like, yeah, when? I was like, maybe like three and a half weeks. And so I came up with the name and I built a website and a ticketing site all that day. Wow. And a few weeks later, we threw a 300 person event. I had 52 chefs so that were all teamed up and did 26 different dishes and wow. we had and so we raised money for international institute so it started that way and then it became like man i guess i could do this you Annual. know when right and like when things come up because it, right. it very much was like a reaction to something that okay. was happening okay and then later that year was the rise of the me too movement and a lot of chefs and restaurateurs and stuff were being exposed and Obviously, being a woman in the industry and having experienced a lot in my day and seen a lot, I decided, let's do another one. Mm -hmm. And so that one, we had over 100 like chefs, restaurateurs, bartenders, sommeliers, pastry chefs, ice cream makers. I think we hit like almost 130 different women that were somehow involved. Wow. And we raised money for the St. Louis Women's Fund and then the Rise Collaborative for Leadership in Young Women. Mm -hmm. And then when COVID hit, I started like an online GoFundMe to help contribute to the bigger funds right. that were helping servers and people had lost their jobs. And then fast forward to now, I hadn't done one in a while because things have been crazy and events are hard. But last month, near the end of last month, there was a situation where a local restaurant owner was arrested for and charged with multiple counts of domestic abuse and assault. And it was somebody that we had all kind of rallied behind. They had just opened their restaurant, just moved back to St. Louis. We were all so excited. And it just hit us all just so hard because not there's things in, that happen in all of our industries and workplaces and things that are crazy. But this one was just really real. And then the details came out and they were quite graphic. And it was in relation, you know, the co-owner of the restaurant and, and nobody really knew what to do. Right. And so as we're all trying to just process that this has been exposed, I'm starting to see online that there's even some backlash from just like guests and the community wondering why more restaurants weren't speaking up about it. And I tried to put a few things out there being like, you guys, it's only been like 24, 48 hours. Some people are still processing this themselves right. and not really sure how to feel. And the other side of that is if you have every chef and owner in town plastering it on their social media, then everybody will be accused of virtue signaling, which there's no happy medium. Right. So I mentioned to a couple friends like, man, this makes me want to do another love to eat eats love. But putting an event together like that would be really difficult with everybody with like labor shortages and food costs so high. Then I was fiddling around on the internet and saw that October is National Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And I was like, okay, yep, got to do it. So I sent out another very awesome Facebook message to every restaurant person that I'm connected with on there. Obviously, we're all upset. 
I think, yes, we could all make statements about being against all of this, but I think that we're known for being a really interactive food mm-hmm. community. We do a lot of give back. We do a lot of collaboration. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I think that instead of everybody having to raise their hand and say this was bad, I think we could make a bigger message by fundraising and being conscious of everybody's states of their restaurants and everything. I was like, I'm not trying to get everybody together for an event. Right. And so my idea was everybody can do what works best for their business, whether it's one day out of the month, 10% of sales, if it's every Taco Tuesday, if it's a certain dish or drink throughout the month. I was like, it's completely up to you. And all I care about, we just want to get as many people involved to make a statement on behalf of the industry to say that behavior is not welcome in this industry here, that right. that we are not going to tolerate it. We're not going to accept it. And I think I sent that message out at 9 a.m. And by like 3 to 5 p.m., I had almost 100 people on board. Wow. And so then I was like, okay, here we go. And so now, I, in the, even though it's middle of October, I have re- different restaurants emailing and getting on board every day with different things. And each restaurant will be able to raise whatever they can. They'll do direct donations. I'm, I've been compiling a list of local domestic violence shelters and organizations, and they get to choose where mm-hmm. their money goes to. Mm-hmm. And we'll collectively at the end, we were able to raise this much, but it's not going to be like a list of like this person only raised a hundred and this person raised a thousand. Cumulative. Yeah. Yeah, It's not about all that. Right. It's about, wow, look at, this is how, this is what the St. Louis restaurant community is, is this behavior, not that. And so we're just plugging along and there's new stuff every day. And I'm like constantly overwhelmed with how awesome my friends are and how lucky I am to be part of this local. Well, but I think a lot of that, Angela, goes back to your support of their individual businesses and what you do in your personal business with them uh, in the hospitality profession. And that the fact that there was successful events prior to this, that you did assist the immigrant community, you did assist the Me Too, those folks who were impacted by that. And I think especially those servers and dishwashers and everybody who's trying to make it during COVID to provide some funding for that, this was just, I see as a natural outflow. And I would think that restaurants that weren't involved, either they weren't hooked into your Facebook page (laughs) or they weren't listening or something. I don't think people would deliberately say, well, I don't think that's a very good thing to be involved with. Right. We haven't had anybody be like, no, I don't support that. I, of course, am understanding if people are like, I'm already struggling a bit. You know what I mean? I don't right. want anyone right to now. feel pressured. But yeah, I they've been telling other people and I'm even getting emails from businesses I'm not personally connected with yet saying, how do I get involved? And all the ones that I did send the email out, I'm like, you know, you, you say like all the things I do. I'm like, mostly I'm just sitting at their bars bothering them. So <laughs> I guess they're just like, oh, man, she'll come and give me a hard time if I don't. No, they've all been like I said, as soon as I sent the message, it was just message after message saying, I'm in, we're in, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. What do we need to do? Anything I can do to support and wine brands, beer brands, spirits, a custom ice company has reached out wow. to do like branded ice cubes for some of the special events. Wow. And I've had multiple people that aren't even in the restaurant industry email me and say, is there anything I can volunteer or help? Since this isn't like an event like before, I don't really have thing. I'm like, just get your friends together and go to some of these places and post about it. Right. 
I've had some people reach out to me and tell me their domestic violence stories and histories and Mm. thank me for putting this together. And it's just to me, I think that the sad fact is domestic violence has touched either each of us or somebody we're close to. And it's one of those things that, yes, we all think it's terrible, but sometimes it comes becomes a little too commonplace. Like, oh, yeah, that was happening in their household. Mm-hmm. And then you think about not only for that person, but, yeah, are their kids involved? How did that affect their employment? How did it affect everything? And I just, for me, food and drink is my whole life. And so using that for good cause is like the most natural thing I can think of. So, yeah. Food and drink is a very intimate thing. Eating with someone. It's a very intimate affair. It should be an intimate affair Mm -hmm. where you talk, you're exchanging things, flavors that you love or Mm -hmm. tastes that you enjoy. And many times if you're going out in an environment that's set up for that kind of closeness, and when you (coughs) couple that with the industry is geared towards that, then this kind of abusive behavior is really contrary to that and the antithesis of what you're trying to create with it. Many times people will use alcohol to abuse, or that's something that causes them. I don't want to say causes them to do that. There's things that are other causes. It's a factor in that, yes. I'm just really amazed. I have a list of all of these restaurants, and this was at the press time, and this was from another media outlet, and it's just unbelievable. Right, that and that that was like that list was that article was written the day I the same day I sent the email, so that's how many like the list you're looking at is how many had signed on by that afternoon, and then it's expanded even obviously even more since, and then also like them telling me what they're doing and how the different ways. But as you were saying, like food is what connects all of us. I think that's why a lot of the themes that I've done with these events have worked out because it's like. How do you bridge the gap with a, a community you don't know as well, like an immigrant community or a different mm-hmm. culture? Food. That's how you connect. Yeah. And then it, for the women's one, it was show how much women are part of this industry and are important to this industry. It is a male-driven, it, unfortunately still male-driven industry. So it was highlighting, no, that look how many people contribute to the success of all of this. And then, of course, with the COVID stuff, it's not having those people around and right. how it changed our our restaurant experience for two years. And then this is one of the main ways we show love is usually by taking our friends out to eat or drink or cooking for them or buying them a bottle of something. Or So for me, that's what this is. Like we're showing the love by dining out and things like that to raise money for the good cause. So... To me, it's just natural. I don't golf for charity. I'm not a golfer, but I will eat and drink for charity. I don't know. <laughs> it's always it's always good to do that. If you missed any of our previously aired programs of St. Louis in Tune, simply visit stlintune.com. That's stlintune.com. Use the search engine and look for a show that might interest you. And if you have an area that you'd like us to examine deeper, Let us know. Just drop us a line at stlintune at gmail.com. That's stlintune at gmail.com. St. Louis In Tune, heard Monday through Friday on the usradionetwork.com and many great stations around the U.S. and, of course, right here in St. Louis. Our website, again, is stlintune.com. stlintune.com.
We've been having a conversation with Angela Ortman. She is the founder of Love to Eat, Eat to Love, and she's been in the food, drink, and hospitality profession for many, many years. And she's done several of these Love to Eat, Eat to Love activities. One was an immigrant collaboration. Another one was when there was the Me Too movement going on, the Force de Femme. And then a third one was launched to help hospitality staff who lost their jobs. And this last one that is in the month of October here in 2022 is involving well over 100 St. Louis restaurant, bars, shops, brands, and distributors who are working together to raise money for National Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And as we stated earlier, it's something that I know we have a lot of these kinds of events around our country where it's a certain day or a certain month, and these things should always be active all year round. And I want to give a phone number out. This is the safe number. It's the hotline number for the National Domestic Violence Hotline. It's 800-799-7233. That's 800-799-SAFE, S-A-F-E, 799-SAFE, 800 number. So the STL wine girl who's in studio, man, she does so much. And you've gotten a lot of great response for all this. I want to turn a page a little bit. We'll come back to what we're talking about. But these particular groups have had funds through Love to Eat, Eat to Love, have had funds donated to them. And the funds, again, Angela, are going to be donated to a variety of groups within the St. Louis metropolitan area. And some of those groups, I'm just going to read a couple, and maybe you can add to that group, like the Safe House, Alive, Angel Band Project. Mm -hmm. Lydia's House, St. Martha's Hall, Safe Connections. There's also two, there's the government, the Missouri Coalition for Sexual and Domestic Violence. And then there's also one for people who represent, it's the Crime Victim Center and it's LAAW, which is the Legal Advocates for Abused Women. So all of those agencies and probably several more. Right. I'm, if you if there's one that's not on the list, please let me know and we'll get them added immediately right. because I, we want to share as much of the re- as much as we want to raise the money. We want to get the resources out there. Right. And these groups rely on their most of them are not for profits and they rely on donations and people giving them funds <clears throat> to do the work that they do and they do very good work. We've had a lot of these groups on the show here talking about what's going on. And there are no typical victims in domestic abuse. And I think that's something to remember and think about. How did you get started in the hospitality industry? So I guess the way a lot of people do when I was in like high school and college, it was the best money to make. (laughs) So it was my first job was I was a sonic car hop. And really? Yes. Did you roller skate out? Everyone asked that immediately. Not every day, but like on Saturdays we did. And it definitely happened. I was better than most, but I wouldn't say I was like graceful. But yeah, and that was just always a job, an easy job to have while you were in school. You could make good money with tips. And then I went to Mizzou for business. And then when I was done there and I was coming back to St. Louis, I was like, I'm not really ready to be back in St. Louis yet. 
So I had actually thought that I wanted to be part, I had fallen in love with restaurants to the point, but I wanted to be part of like the architectural design and planning of them. Mm-hmm. Not only just like visually, but also I hated working in restaurants where like the ice bin is 30 feet away from the soda, sh- you know, just those like things that aren't thought of the efficiency right. of, of running a restaurant. And so I moved out to San Francisco at the ripe age of 21 and started attending a design school and again, working in restaurants. But there I was opened up to a whole new world of what that really means that, you know, in the Midwest, especially back then, we didn't have the kind of food scene we have now. And then all of a sudden, I just was like, I cared where the mushrooms came from. I cared... And then I started learning about wine and I had a couple of chefs and owners realize I had a knack for it and I really enjoyed finding wines to pair with food. Mm -hmm. So they encouraged me to study and get my certifications. And so then I became a sommelier. And then after many years, I moved back to St. Louis because that's what happens when you live, you're from St. Louis, you go away and then you come back. And I admittedly moved back kicking and screaming because I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do there after living in San Francisco and spending some time in New York. Yeah, I've and had all these Sonoma Valley, right? And like, you know, what? How am I going to fit in here? But it ended up being like the best thing because I ended up coming back like right as our city was really starting to find its footing in like the modern food world. Mm-hmm. And so I went from kind of being maybe like a small fish in a big pond to. A medium-ish big fish in a smaller pond. Mm-hmm. The story of STL Wine Girl is I was very intrigued by how it was to be in the wine world here. Like it had never occurred to me that when I lived in those other cities that I had any type of wine at my fingertips. I could go to the store and buy whatever I wanted. And then you come back here and you're like, what do you mean I can't get something from that region? Or I can't just the distribution wasn't there yet. Right. So I started a blog very late at night after bottle plus of wine and just started writing about what it was like to be back here and different things and it started gaining traction and all of a sudden people were reaching out to me for events or to look at their sellers or do different things and I was like oh I guess maybe this could be a business and so I kind of accidentally started a business by getting drunk and starting a blog (laughs) (laughs) but hey now I'm using it to raise money for great causes that's correct (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you, you paid your dues along the way. Yeah, there there was a time, and I I get exactly what you're saying. Where fine dining was probably one or two names mm-hmm. mentioned of restaurants, and then to be able to get certain wines is like, what are, what are you talking about? You know, right. it's what you get at 905 liquor store. Or whatever. <laughs> that was probably the extent of it. And now, is that the result? I think locally is the result of timing, but also of your work. Not my work per se, but yes, I think that with the expansion of the restaurants and the dining scene here, we had, we've had we had way more people interested and involved in wine, both just enthusiasts as well as people working. And there have been some very committed sommeliers and wine buyers here in town that have really pushed to bring in different things that we haven't had before. Mm-hmm. Because you can't just call up a winery and have it brought here. You, it's a whole process of wanting a distributor, a distributor needs to bring it in and then the government has to sign off on it and then it has to be distributed. So it takes a while. And so now I love walking into wine stores and seeing all of these regions and things like things that I'll be like, wait, what is that? I don't even know if I know what that is. And that makes me so happy because it just shows that I make a joke on online a lot and it's a hashtag I use and it's 
fly over city my ASS because it's like everybody just thinks, wait, what is happening in St. Louis? And I'm like, there's actually a lot happening here. Right. And I love to have my friends from like the coast and stuff come visit. And they're always like, I had no idea that yeah. this is what this was. So you, you, you were going right a direction I was going to go. How <laughs> does St. Louis rank, not necessarily rank, like one, two, three, four, five, six, but how does St. Louis, you mentioned a little bit, it's viewed as flyover, mm-hmm. okay, but in the food world, it's really gaining traction. It has traction. Yes. The fact that we now have two James Beard award-winning chefs here is monumental. Eater just recently named us one of the five top dining destinations in the world. We were the only one from the U.S. I think that chefs and restaurant people in other cities are realizing that there's more going on here. Mm -hmm. I think there's also been this trend in the industry as a whole is everybody 20 years ago the goal was oh I want to own my own restaurant in New York I want to own my own restaurant in LA Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of very talented big name chefs that are starting to go I want to move back to my hometown and start something cool Mm -hmm. or I want to go somewhere that's not oversaturated and and I think that's why like our industry what I often tell people is our industry in St. Louis is unlike any other city that I know we are so collaborative right. and, and supportive of each other. If you are out of cilantro right before service, you could call another chef and he will have some brought over to you from his stock that you can figure it out later. That right. doesn't happen in those cutthroat cities. Right. And you don't see all the chefs hanging out together. You don't see them posting about being at each other's restaurants. And that's what happens here. And I think that... More chefs are doing that. Like Minneapolis, I think, is seeing Mm -hmm. a lot of that Mm -hmm. same kind of Mm -hmm. vibe. Mm -hmm. And look what's been happening in Nashville. And I think we're still maybe not a city that people put on the map as like they're, oh, I want to go eat in that city. But I think that we keep proving it wrong because we keep having people on the James Beard list. We keep being featured in things and people are having to take notice of us, whether they like it or want to or not. Why has that happened here and not in other cities? I don't know that I know the exact reason. I think that, one, it's just very St. Louis, right? Like, mm-hmm. you come back to St. Louis, and it's not only just, like, the where'd you go to high school, but it's everybody you meet. Like, I used to joke when I was a kid that I couldn't go anywhere with my dad because everywhere we would go, he would know somebody in the room, or he would start talking to a random person, and all of a sudden they know they grew up with the same person and this. It's just such that intersected world. Networking. Yeah. And... I think that has a lot to just do with that's the way the city runs. Mm -hmm. I also think it has to do with the idea that when you are in this kind of community and you're trying to build something, you're trying to make a name for a dining scene, you can't work separately. You have to work together because that's the only way to make a splash. And you do need to rely on each other because whether it's two restaurants, five restaurants, whatever, you're, you're trying to appeal not only to the same diners, but you're trying to build new diners. You're trying to get people more involved. And I love that at any of these restaurants that I hang out at way too much, I'm constantly hearing the staff telling people, you should go check out this place. You should go. They're not just being like, oh, come back here every day. Mm -hmm. They're sharing. You know, you and I, our biggest connection is dining at my Lee a lot. And I love that they will tell about their other favorite Vietnamese restaurants. And the fact that we can have a community like that is just, I don't know why St. Louis has done so well at that, but it's really cool. It's just very unlike any other. It's too bad that doesn't spread to other industries within St. Louis. And maybe it does exist, but... 
I'm, I'm not aware I, of it. I'm but... not aware of it either. Yeah, because it's just. It's really unique. And it is. And like, and you can even see from like events, like even like mine or any event that you see in town. First of all, there's not a day that I don't see that somebody's doing some sort of community driven event or a collaboration with another restaurant mm-hmm. or some sort of fundraising or not to mention, not just with the collaboration in the community, but like the give back in this town is is huge. It's there's always something going on. It's a giving community. Yes. It really is. And they work together. And I've been in cities where if I was planning an event like this, they'd be like, well, but who's the other barbecue person that's going to be? Or is there another ice cream person on board? Seriously. And I'm like, that's not the point. No. And here, you don't get that. Right. I'm not going to pretend everybody loves each other wholeheartedly, but nobody's out to get the others. They and may call somebody else and say, hey, you need to support this. Right. Or have you, have you heard that? We're on board. What about you? And that's a thing. I mean, some of the emails I've been getting about this and even in the past Love to Eat events are people saying, hey, so-and-so reached out to me. I want to get, how do I get involved? And they share it and they want to make those same impacts and they want their friends to be on board. And I don't know, it's Every once in a while, I goof off with these people all day long, and I love them so much, and they teach me so much. But every once in a while, I sit back, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I really love these. You know, like this, it's just not something, like I said, when I moved back, it's just not something I saw happening for me or for the industry, and I just, I'm in awe of it now, so. That's when it happens. Yeah. When you're not expecting it. Right, right. That's why I'm like, I can't tell anybody that, it was a bad idea to move back. I'm like, no, I couldn't have the business I have in another city. I couldn't have this anywhere else. So, so folks, if you are dining this month, love to eat, eat to love. And where can people find out information, Angela, about maybe if their restaurant that they like to go to is involved or maybe it's not and they can say hey to the chef or the owner and say, hey, why aren't you involved with this? This would be a great thing to be involved with. Absolutely. We have a website. It is lovetoeateattolove.com. You can also find the same moniker on any of the social media sites, but we have a running list of participants as well as the organizations on there. So if somebody's looking for resources, that is also on the website. And then, yes, I tell people, like, go ahead and look at the list, but check back because I'm literally adding names almost every day. So, and it does say at the top, if your favorite restaurant's not on here, tell them about this. We want to get more people involved. Geographically, I'm happy that we have multiple restaurants in St. Charles and in the county and in the city. So really, there's a lot of coverage. So it's not just Clayton restaurants. You really can find things all over the place. In the metropolitan area. And there's even some of the coffee companies are doing for every bag that's sold, not only in their shops, but online or even through a wholesale. You know, there's a wide reach or some of the spirits companies like Monkey Shoulder is donating um, their whiskey to make so blood and sand downtown like basically the full profit of a if you order a blood and sand cocktail is going to this because Monkey Shoulder got involved and was like hey we want to support this wow so there's like a lot of layers to the support and it's really cool that's has it blown your mind I'm constantly like wow like all these people trust me to do this and oh my gosh but you know it, it doesn't surprise me because of so much of what I've seen over the years. But yeah, even when I had to like build the website out again, you're sitting there going, oh, I have to type all these names. But then, oh my gosh, I get to type like 120 restaurants. Right, like right. that's, yes, it's time consuming, but I'm so 
you know, it's about relationships that you've built with these restaurants and all these vendors in the hospitality business. And that's the thing, not only just the restaurant industry in general, but St. Louis, as we talked before, relationships are everything here. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I don't know, maybe they're just worried I'm going to come and yell at them if they don't. (laughs) But no, they've been there. Everyone here is always so awesome with all my crazy ideas. And especially when it comes to doing things for good causes and this particular issue, it being really just jolting and touching our industry in such a shocking and horrific way. I think I th- my hope is not only are we providing support to these organizations and the victims and survivors, but I also think it helps these restaurateurs and such feel like they're doing something about something that hurt them too. Absolutely. And I th- I hope that brings them a little bit of peace as well. It's National Domestic Awareness Month, and you can get more information by going to lovetoeattolove.com or the social media Portions about that. Facebook has that, Instagram, mm-hmm. Twitter. Everything. Also, I wanted to mention the hotline number if you are involved or know someone's involved in domestic abuse and they need some assistance, 800-799-7233, 800-799-SAFE, S-A-F-E. We've been having a conversation about Eat to Love, Love to Eat with Angela Ortman. Angie, thanks for coming in. Thank you so much. We appreciate you listening to this episode of St. Louis in Tune. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing to the podcast to keep up on all of the latest episodes. St. Louis in Tune is produced in cooperation with KWRH 92.9 FM and Motif Media Group. For St. Louis in Tune, I'm Arnold Stricker.